Undercurrent. Bluetooth mode has been on. This is Undercurrent's Weekend. <laughs> it's Undercurrent's Weekend. Music, food, friends, and time to visit again with Bob Doran, who's a music writer, chef, and our old friend. So, triple qualified, Bob. Hey, what's going on? Am I qualified for what? I don't know. <laughs> you pass. You pass the audition. Cook dinner, talk about music. I could do those things. Great. Did you do anything special this weekend? Yeah, actually. I went out to hear music a couple of times. Some really, really good music. Um, once saw saw the Scott Amendola band, who I'm not sure whether you're familiar with. And uh, that was... I'll talk, we'll talk about them later a little bit. Okay. Uh, amazing band. Mm-hmm. And then uh, followed that with the concert by a group called the Bee Eaters, and then their teacher, Daryl Anger. Oh, the Darryl, Turtle Island String Quartet. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was one of their teachers. Mm-hmm. So his Bee Eaters are local, now living in the uh, Boston area. You know, the, the, uh, the world of music circles around certain spots, one of them being... Uh, Boston Berkeley School of Music. Well, you know, our uh, editor for Undercurrents, Joe Yuri, young man, very talented musician, just got accepted to Berkeley. So, <laughs> so you need a new assistant. <laughs> I mentioned it to him, and the next day he applied and got in. It's like, oh man, I got to watch what I say around the studio. So, yeah, yeah so we'll be replacing him um, in right. April when he goes off to school. So, Boston, yeah. You know, it's a center, it always was, mm-hmm. a place for folk music in particular um, back in the 60s. Is that because of the big Boston Irish uh, population there, possibly? I'm sure that plays into it, mm-hmm. always. But uh, I think it was, you know, it's an urban scenario that uh, lots of people into music, <laughs> like everywhere, I guess. Yeah, Scott Amendola band is is in your area. Uh, Scott is a drummer who uh, is kind of in the jazz world in the East Bay, um, Oakland and Berkeley, and uh, he puts together these amazing bands. You might have you might have heard him before playing drums with Charlie Hunter. Oh, they used yeah. to tour together, which was essentially like a trio because mm-hmm. Charlie plays the bass and the the guitar simultaneously, but uh, he was with uh, Charlie also in the, was it T.J. Kirk was um, Thelonious Monk and Captain Kirk somehow <laughs> were put together. I don't know. Do these guys tour at all? They, they tour? Do they have any records out and things like that? Yeah, these guys, uh, Scott was on a tour mm-hmm. with this short fairly short tour it's fairly difficult to put it together because mm-hmm. his uh his band is well he's on drums of course and he's uh, the band leader and wrote a lot of the tunes and uh his band is uh nels klein the lead guitarist for wilco oh. they're about to go on a huge tour at the beginning of next year uh a guy named jeff parker who's uh, another guitarist, two guitars. He's a guitar player for a band called Tortoise. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Out of Chicago, probably 
been around for 20 years or so. Kind of uh, famous in the, whatever fame is today, but <laughs> yeah. they're big in the post-rock era. Hmm. Post-rock era. I know, it's, these guys, both, both Nels and Jeff Parker are, uh, they're people who, they're not really, you wouldn't really describe them as jazz musicians or necessarily as rock musicians. It's something on the border. And it's, I, and I look at it as a, a, a music world that's, the borders are coming down. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. You know, it's about yes. time. It's, and those borders are just created for marketing purposes, you know? Well, right. Right. Yeah. To have something to, some hook to, hang it on you know mm -hmm. whatever so and then the uh another member of the band is uh jenny scheinman oh yeah who lives up here she's originally from player. the lost coast isn't she um kind yeah of, she's from petrolia which is grew up in petrolia well petrolia interesting story about that isn't that where the anti-submarine like the monitoring stations were yes there was one there. yeah now they listen to whales and things like that <laughs> yeah it's also uh Famous as the the place where the junction of three earthquake faults, called the tri Triple Junction. There's a, a band called Triple Junction <laughs> for that reason. But it, they have in Petrolia, they have bumper stickers that say "Shift Happens." Yeah, well, that's because of that. The undersea landscape is like an accordion, and uh, right. If you look at it in Google Maps, they've sort of blurred all that out because they don't want everyone to know what it's like. But they were. Definitely afraid that a Soviet sub would just park in there and no one would be able to see it. So they put in these hydrophones all through the whole network of hydrophones using undersea cables, and uh, they would listen. And when I was in college radio up there, I mean, we knew that as the Coast Guard base. I'm, I'm giving you air quotes here. But it turned out it was this top-secret Cold War monitoring station. Spy, spy tracking. Spy tra yeah. yeah. And, um, I, you know, when I was in college radio, I get a call from their, them every once in a while with a request or something like that. But, uh, you know, if the storms would wash out, a big storm would come in and wash out the sand around all the cables that were fanning out under the beach, they'd close the bridge and say, oh, well, the bridge is down. We need to repair the bridge. Well, actually, they were frantically out there covering up the cables amazing you know now it's all fiber optic and you know satellite and everything else but yeah nowadays it's a uh, the concern is over they want to test uh their bombs out in the sea mm -hmm. you know the same kind of thing uh fear of the cold war or whatever they but they're um they're used as a testing ground mm -hmm. for which, you know, seems like, okay, well, what, what's out there? Well, there's a bunch of people, not people, well, animals. Yeah, cousins. Yeah, our cousins are out there, yeah. There's the whales, the whales. Uh, Cetaceans. Yeah, the whales are, that's part, that's part of their, their, uh, their route down the coast is right along there. Migratory path, indeed. And, you mm -hmm. know, they're probably a hell of a lot smarter than us, so... Well, they rely on listening over hundreds of miles to keep track of each other with their very subtle, right. long-range sonic navigation. And he put an underwater explosion in the mix, and it's it's pretty bad stuff. Anyway, we're well, floating off. How'd we get off? Floating off topic. 
as usual. Yeah. Let me tell you what I did this weekend. It was interesting. An old friend of mine, uh, Bruce Boger- Borgerson, who um, he worked in, he's worked in pro audio for his whole life. He was in Nashville for a while, and he he uh, writes for a company called Meyer Sound, which makes the really high end PA systems that you'll find in theaters and opera houses and uh, some of the more high end concert you know festival venues. And um, just they they do extraordinary work, very uh, groundbreaking in a lot of fields, and they're they're based in Berkeley, and they're getting into the restaurant business, and they create these sound systems for restaurants that not only play music, but they also have little microphones in the ceiling that absorb the background ambience of people chattering and kind of scramble it and send it back out through the speakers so that you can't really tell what people are saying. Right. It just sounds like a very convivial, lively group of people in the restaurant. And the only people that you really hear are the ones that are right near you at your table. Interesting. You know? So it's very interesting. I know as a restaurateur, you know, I've talked to people be in the same business as me. And they, uh, well, there's one place uh, in Eureka. They built, built a new restaurant in this space. And it was really high ceilings exposed uh, the piping and stuff the what do you call that uh, sure it's sort of industrial looking yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah pared yeah, down exactly. you know they, yeah. they had this this whole yeah all these all these pipes and tubes and the ceiling and it, it was minimalist you know, yeah the sound would bounce all around the room and it would be really loud and you couldn't actually talk you had to be sitting right next to somebody to mm-hmm. talk to them. And I asked a lady that was running the place, you know, is that concerning at all? Oh, no, because when it's loud, people perceive that as success. That you you have a lively atmosphere in the mm-hmm. place, and uh, there's a bunch of people, and it must be good because there's much people. So the sound quality was, uh, you know, it was considered a plus that it was so loud. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, well, there's a whole science to this and an art to it. And this place we went to, there's a few restaurants now that have this this new system. It's called the um, Meyer Sound Libra system. And it was at Kamal Restaurant in, in Berkeley. And, it, we t- well, just to give you a sense, we talked with the receptionist as we were leaving and commented on how much we enjoyed it and she said i love it because usually when you work in a restaurant you come home your ears are ringing and here that doesn't happen and what they've done you know you can look on the website and uh, see it It just search for meyer m-e-y-e-r and comal which is mexican for a it's like a hot plate that you kind of cook things on 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 the open flame and uh what they've done is they've made it pretty dead sounding but all the paintings and stuff around the sides of the restaurant are actually mounted on soundproof type absorbent panels okay so it really deadens the sound and then they monitor the sound of people talking and feed it back in so it's more controlled 
it's really interesting. <laughs> and if you don't know it's happening, you don't notice it. But if you know what to listen for, you realize, wow, it's like a photograph with depth of field where the subject is in focus and everything else is out of focus in the background. Right. That's that's how it works. It's really interesting. And the, and the, and there's music at the same time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and Meyer sound. I mean, it's just gorgeous sounding. They, they're playing music the whole time, and it's loud enough that you can enjoy it, but not blasting. It's because they have they must have fifty speakers in the place. They're just everywhere. So they're, they're all down low, though. You know. You know who else does this kind of thing with distributed sound is. Uh, um, the French in the TGV uh, stations, instead of these big blaring, you know, the train, you know, <laughs> come for such and such is now approaching, blasting along. There's just little speakers right near you embedded in a lamp or something like that, a reading lamp, it just quietly talks to you. It's really a nice idea. I defi- definitely need something like that in BART sometimes when I write it. I, I don't know the stations. Oh, yeah. And I, Oh, wait. Oh, I think I just missed my station now. What What did she say? I don't know. I know. Those robotic voices, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mentioned Paris. You know, I guess we can't get through any conversation without expressing our shock, you know, at just how barbaric that whole thing was. And the music connection, I think, is just weird. You know, we've had mass shooters in movie theaters here in the U.S., and um, schools in other public gathering places, but I can't think of a concert situation like this. Can you think of anything in the past? I can't. Yeah. And I, I, I can't help but wonder if the people who per- perpetrate this massacre, do you think they saw on the, the billboard, the marquee, that this was the <sighs> Eagles of Death Metal? Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that just triggered something in their mind, like, oh, that would be a good place. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and I I have to admit, I wasn't familiar with them until I actually saw this. That that was, their merch guy was among the, the victims of the, the ma- victims, massacre. Yeah. And my friend said, oh, yeah, that's one. I really like that band a lot. It, they're not a death metal band. They're not like mm-hmm. the Eagles. So, but it was some, you know, it's some comedy. Which you have to find the comedy in everything. I think um, try to find something to grab onto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was like, uh, I, at a certain point, well, Friday night, I was going to go out Friday night. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not going out. And it, it, ironically, I was going to go to a concert um, that were, some kids at the local high school are planning on going to Paris for the conference on the environment or climate wow. control thing. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. that was, you know, this is a, the final uh, the final push in their fundraising. Uh, 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 there's no way I'm going to escape this subject matter at, at, in the <laughs> middle of this concert, but uh, so I stayed home instead and tried not to think, not to listen to the news. Sometimes, sometimes you just I don't know. Sometimes you have to turn the news off and put some music on. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, 
it seems like escapism, yeah. but I don't know. But uh, on some level, uh, you know, music is about finding a, a quiet place. And, and a connection with our humanity, you know? Yeah. And when you're barraged with messages about inhuman behavior, it's like, wow, you know? Okay, enough of that. Let's move on. We're talking with Bob Doran. You know, you went to see a, an artist that um, I recently saw and was very excited about, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Could you tell us how you enjoyed that show? Oh, that was so amazing. She played up here a few years ago, just in a, in a little, the if you remember from college, your college days, the Rathskeller. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah, like a little... The, basement sort of cafe in the student union it's it's a cafeteria <laughs> sharon jones played there yeah yeah wow and you know low ceiling no ventilation but you know but i was i found a spot right in front of her so it was okay mm -hmm. the one thing that was missing which i hadn't even really thought thought about when i went to see her she didn't have a regular bass player mm. at, at the concert at the Rascular. So this was the full band. And uh, I ended up talking to her, her bass player, who was, uh, his name's called him Roscoe Mann, but his name actually is some like Gabriel Roth. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, and he was, he's been with Sharon for 20 years. He's uh, the founder of Daptone Records. Oh, and, uh, I've seen his name on um, Gabriel Roth. He did some dub stuff. Um, oh, he's done amazing, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. He he put the band together that played behind um, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse Rehab. That's the same band. Uh, obviously, hit it really big. Sharon didn't quite hit it as big, but uh, you know, this is her band. She's got so much going on right now. Yeah. She well, there's a uh, documentary about her called what's it called? Uh, Miss Jones! Exclamation point! And uh, she did a documentary about her her fight against cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, when she she finished the movie, she pretty much had uh, thought she'd cancer cancer had had lost, but the she, it's back. Her cancer's back. She says, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. In fact, when, at the show, she came out and uh, the band played a couple of songs before her. Uh, is, you probably experienced the same thing. The Dap Kings play on their own a little bit, then she comes out. Yeah, that's kind of an old Apollo she, tradition, you know, they get the crowd really yeah. revved up, you know, yeah. Yeah, and she she's wearing these really fancy uh, silver heels. And she immediately, she takes the microphone. She says, okay, I got to get out of these shoes <laughs> because I'm fighting cancer. It's like she laid it out right at the very beginning. Like the, her, her introduction to the crowd was reminding you guys, I'm, I'm fighting cancer yeah. <laughs> again. I thought it was over, but I'm getting it back. She just got that out of the way right away. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it. Mm -hmm. That's you know. I'm sure she will. And she, yeah, and she certainly. I couldn't tell that she was. She was so full of energy. 
if there was anything wrong with her physically, I couldn't tell for a mm -hmm. minute. Yeah, she's just like watching yeah. an explosion in slow motion, you know? She's <laughs> and did she get people yeah. up on stage and singing and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, dancing, singing. Oh, cool. And I heard a little bit of the, uh, you sent me a recording. I guess you made it on your iPhone or something uh, afterwards. Um, yeah. backstage and I was listening it just sounded like pandemonium it, it, and you kept telling the guys just sit down sit down <laughs> you were really you know uh, uh, well I asked kidding around know, with the guys we, in the band uh, you know yeah well I was sitting there talking to these two guys uh, Neil Sugarman and Roscoe Roscoe Mann and I realized oh I'm here I'm talking chatting away with these guys who are a major part of this neo soul revival. Mm -hmm. uh, we just started talking about whether uh, whether or not they had forty fives at the merch table. Oh yeah, which they did. You were giving them a hard time because, about that. <laughs> yeah, well, just because it's you know the the Daptone label is known for the forty five mm -hmm. and revival of vinyl and all those things, and for whatever reason, and so we ended up talking about. Um, which cities are more vinyl friendly? Or no, they just come from Portland. Oh which man, is a very very vinyl uh, vinyl cassettes. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Let me yeah. Play, let me play just so, for folks. Let me just play a few seconds of that uh, a clip of that thing you sent me from backstage with Sharon Jones and the Tap Kings. No, but I do have to sugar get my suit you in have the box before they split. You do. Oh, oh yeah. you, yes. That's right. Okay, true. so if you don't have time, you I'll, can just I, go I'll, ahead. You know, start with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm sit down. Sit down here. Sit down. Sit down. Realize. He comes available to email you a fart. <laughs> it's happening, my friend. <laughs> for that right there. Yes. That's that's that wasn't right. Okay. So okay. So can I ask? Start with a question. This is on. Tell the truth. Why couldn't I buy 45 tonight? What's that? Why did, couldn't I buy a 45? Is it, oh, I didn't know 45. 45 sold. I thought that was Jamie, we don't have any 45s. We don't have any 45. They sold out. Sold out. Because they sold out. You can take a picture of that. Yes, yes, <laughs> I will do that. You were talking with Bob Doran. What are some of the other more vinyl friendly cities, according to the Dap Kings? Well, I think New York is always vinyl friendly, but I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, Arcade is a good, good uh, vinyl friendly. There's we have two record stores in Arcade, mm -hmm. and still today, you know, that specialize in vinyl. Wow, is Record Works still there? Uh, Records Works is in Eureka okay. now. Yeah, and and they are uh, vinyl, vinyl, uh, vinyl heaven, if you mm -hmm. would. Uh, there's one called Missing Link. Which is has a symbol of the Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. They're uh, they're the hunters, you know, uh, hunters, diggers, crate diggers, and uh, they have an interesting thing deal going around. Along, they they move from one space to another just for space reasons, and then the last place on the main street they were in. It, wasn't working out for them so they went in partnership with this guy who's one of their final fans a final junkie who was also into beer so <laughs> what a great he, combination <laughs> so they said okay we're gonna we're gonna combine the two so there's a 
the a bar called Dead Reckoning, which is pretty much it's thirty different beers on tap, international uh, beers, uh, huge bar in the front, and then in the back of the room is a record store. Yeah, I used to hang out and I used to hang out in Record Works, and uh, Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band would come in every once in a while and hang out because there was a pool table there back by the used record. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of a cool scene. Yeah. Those were the days, my friend. Yeah, well, I like these say. days, quite frankly. I, I, I'm yeah. happy to be around now. You know, this is kind of an exciting time, too. Like you always say, be here now and carry a, carry a camera in your pocket. Bob Doran, our correspondent in Arcata, California, on the California's north coast in a college town there near Humboldt, right down the street from Humboldt State University. And thank you, Bob, for being with us. Thanks for having me. Wherever you are, please come see us at undercurrentsradio.net for more conversations with Bob, our blog, streaming, email, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, all the different ways to be in touch and to listen to Undercurrents and Undercurrents Weekend. Undercurrentsradio.net. Big thanks to our correspondent, Bob Doran, and thanks to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for their support. I'm Greg McVicker, encouraging you to go out and have a great weekend.